Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. I have a bit of a different podcast for you today. Those who have pets just love them and there has been such an increase in people getting pets since COVID-19 and the fact that we are working from home more. The problem is we can be loving them to death. So the more educated we are on how to feed our pets well, the better. So with me, I have my very good friend and the co-founder of PetWell, Ada Hornack. And Ada has a passion for natural health and wanted to provide the same for her dog, Archie, who was born with genetic anxiety. And Archie is in the background there with us today. So as a result, Petwell was born, a business that provides all natural treats and supplement range that helps in preventing and managing pet health issues. So welcome, Ada. Hey, Julie. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And I'm really excited to get into this chat with you today because obviously I'm a massive, massive animal lover, as are you. So keen to hear what you've got to say about how we can support our pet's health. But first of all, because the essence of this podcast is about making it count. And I'd love to know, first of all, how you make it count in your world. We come from the point of view that we have our pets only for a very short time. We're blessed to have them for maybe 10 to 15 years, and in some instances, a little bit longer. So there are two aspects to that that we look at. We look at the fact that we want to increase their longevity, but most importantly, whilst increasing their longevity, we want them to be healthy and happy and have a really high quality of life. Therefore, our purpose is built all around that and improving the lives of our pets by education of all natural foods and what we can do to supplement those foods in the event that they don't like broccoli or cauliflower or anything like that. So that's what our focus is and that's what we are very passionate about. That's awesome. It sounds like, you know, we're feeding kids, you know, with the not liking broccoli or cauliflower. And it it's quite fascinating, to be really honest. I never even thought of feeding my dog vegetables. Yeah. Well, it's it's really interesting because if you look back at the history of how dogs have evolved from the grey wolf, they're very, very similar to the early hunter and gatherers of the caveman from the point of view is that they go for they're carnivores like humans they go for the big kill and they will eat and eat and eat once they have their big kill but in between those kills it could be days and that's when they go and and find they would go and find leaves to munch on and berries to munch on and things like that so their biology is not too different from us from that point of view. So what was the catalyst for you to start Pet Well with Tracy? As you mentioned at the start of the podcast, Archie, my beautiful border collie, was born with genetic anxiety. He was diagnosed at nine months because he had severe separation anxiety and and other other fear triggers in him. On our vet's recommendation, 
we put him on a drug called Lovan, which is an anti-anxiety drug, which worked, which worked a treat. And a couple of years ago, we had a blood test at the vet and we found that his liver was compromised. And that was due to the synthetic drug that he was taken for three and a half years. So I just went into research mode and panic mode a little bit, I've got to be honest. But I went into research mode and and researched quite a lot of different options that he could have. Yeah, so 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and went through the whole process of researching food and how it can benefit you. And equally, the foods that don't benefit you. And I was having a discussion with Tracy about it. And Tracy is immunocompromised and she's very big on food healing as well. And we were relating that back to the research that I was doing for Archie and how food can help his anxiety. So we then thought, wow, there's something really in this. There's not enough information out there. And we found an incredible pet naturopath who focuses just on animal healing the natural way. So we engaged her, had a really long chat with her, came up with some really great solutions for Archie in terms of natural remedies that we could use. And then from there, we developed a product called Calm, which is an anti-anxiety aid. And Archie's been on that for the last couple of years now. Uh, Then we went on and developed other supplements that help pets in treating very common issues that they have, like hip and joint issues digestion issues, inflammatory issues and development of their bone and muscle whilst they're puppies and growing into a healthy and happy cat or dog. So hence Petwell was born. That's amazing because I've heard so many people mention that with the gradual return to the office that they're leaving their pets. I was about to say dogs there but it is cats as well because cats can be very social (laughs) like my cat Nancy is very social and she doesn't necessarily like being left by herself so there's that real separation anxiety going on with a lot of pets as people gradually you know return to the office and especially when people go away. It's definitely a real problem that we're seeing more and more since the rise of COVID. The influx of dogs in our community especially have exponentially grown and That's exactly right. They go back to work without much thought about how we condition our dogs to manage on their own after they have been used to being with us for 24-7 and they do suffer a lot of anxiety because of that. But it's really important to note that it's not just the nutrition aspect that can help them in that area. It's also the training aspect. So training them to be alone and getting them used to being alone, that is definitely something that people need to be looking at to help ease that anxiety in their pets. Yeah. When we're thinking about nutrition for our pets, which I find that people sort of go down the more natural path as pets get older because they're not tolerating the food so well. So you know, what should we be thinking about and why is it so important? It's important from the point of view that all health starts in the gut. So if we create a really strong, healthy digestive system for our pets, we are able to, in many cases, prevent these illnesses as they get older. So if we start focusing on their nutrition from the moment that we've got them, 
and build them up for success in terms of reducing inflammation, in terms of looking after their joints, in terms of building a really strong gut where they can actually process foods and release toxins that aren't good for them. The earlier we do that, the better life our pets are going to have. It makes so much sense. It's, it's just so similar to humans because obviously our health is driven by our gut health, isn't it? Exactly. It's exactly the same thing. And what I find in, interesting in the pet food industry is that we are conditioned to give our dogs and cats dry food and assume that that is actually good for them. But look at it this way. If you were to have ultra-processed, carb-filled meals every single day, like a bowl of pasta for breakfast, lunch and dinner, for 20 years of your life, how do you think your health is going to fare? You're going to feel pretty sluggish and you are not going to be healthy. (laughs) That's the bottom line. You're not going to be healthy. You're, You're not getting the nutrients you need to provide good gut health, to reduce inflammatory, to provide good joint health you're going to end up with diseases like, you know, heart disease and obesity and organ damage. It's interesting. So when we look at these dry foods, a lot of the advertising that comes with it says that it's got vegetables and it's got kale and it's got carrots and it's got all this good stuff. And I'm not saying it doesn't. It probably very much starts at the start of that process with having all that good stuff in there. But to create kibble, it goes through a minimum of three to four heating processes to provide that perfect little pellet at the end of the process. Ultra, ultra processed and compromises the integrity of the ingredients that were in there to begin with. So how much of that nutrition are you actually getting at the end of that process? Not a lot. So is this like one of the most common mistakes that you see people making with their pets is it around the dry food because I can tell you I had no idea about that until you started researching this and came up with pet well also the fact that I was feeding my cat meat like she's old obviously she's 18 but I was feeding my cat meat just from the supermarket because that's all she will eat and together with the dry food that's not great for her but I had no idea it was affecting her kidneys so tell us like what are the most common mistakes that you are seeing people make and then how can we like overcome like turn that around so the dry food movement is probably the largest mistake that people are making in believing that that is the best possible option and that is also due to the fact that a lot of vets endorse it you notice if you walk into your vet there's a lot of dry food on the shelves and I'm not saying that you should eliminate dry food altogether if that's what your pet loves and that's what you want to feed them that's absolutely fine but there are some stuff that we can do that can overcome that and what we can do there is just add a little bit to their dry food add some bone broth potentially add some pureed vegetables and mix it in add some raw meat add some organs organs are so beneficial for our pets organs like liver lamb hearts chicken hearts full of all of the vitamins and nutrition that they need to build a healthy gut and reduce inflammation so we can add those sort of things in there and over time as your dog or your cat gets used to that then you could decrease the kibble and increase the good stuff a little bit more. 
That's one way to overcome it. Another mistake that I see people making is they tend to overfeed with commercial treats. Now, treats should only make up 10% of your pet's calorie intake per day, no more than that. But not only that, it's also the quality of the treats. So a lot of these treats that you buy in the stores have got fillers in there and preservatives for long shelf life. So again, where's the real nutrition in there? There are some treats out on the market and we've got ours out on the market at the moment and they are single ingredient treats that have been freeze dried. They tend to keep the nutrition a little bit more than anything that's dehydrated or heat processed. So that's definitely a good option. But what I do with Archie is I go to my fridge and I pull out blueberries, raspberries, some celery, and, you know, he enjoys those as treats. So things that are, that are given to him with purpose. So I think about it and I go, okay, he's five years old. You know, I've got to start thinking about his joint health. So I look at things that are rich in omegas. So that's why he has a sardine for a treat rather than a pig's ear, for example. So it's about, it's about mindful eating like it is with us. And anything that you're going to give them, look for the benefit in it. How is this, how is this food going to make my fur baby healthier and happier? We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. I love that and I think it's it's definitely probably going to be a big change for a lot of people in terms of how they think about feeding their pet nutritionally. One thing I remembered is I know someone who works at a vet practice and they get incredibly frustrated when vegetarians and vegans decide that they want to put their pets on the same type of diet which actually kills them because as you mentioned before they're carnivores they are carnivores so yeah so I just want to reinforce that component of it as well and a really great place to follow what you're doing is on your Instagram handle which I'll share in the show notes because the examples of what you give Archie is just it's just amazing that he does like broccoli. It's just, but it's, it's what I notice is it's just, it's balanced. That's exactly right. And, and Julie, that, that is the key. It has to be balanced based on your dog's or cat's needs. As pets age, we need to balance it more with omega-3s. So we need to give them more fish, more raw meat, more organs, those things that are going to actually give them the really good joint health that they need in their later years and again I always say give it to them earlier if you can and and look I understand that not everybody can feed 
their pet in this capacity because it is more expensive than giving them kibble. But there are ways that you can balance it out, you know, just add a few chicken hearts to their to their kibble bowl and, and you know, a couple of pieces of broccoli. And if they don't like the broccoli, like I said, you can either puree it and mash it in with their kibble or raw meat or you can substitute with really high-quality human-grade all-natural supplements. And that is really, really important that we focus on the human-grade aspect of it. So good enough for you, good enough for them. Yeah. So, yeah, what I'm hearing is prevention is better than than cure. Always. Always, isn't it? With everything. Always. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. So you mentioned treats before and the sardines, the blueberries, the raspberries. I mean, this sounds good enough for me to eat, like you say. Good for you, good for the pet. So what else should we be thinking about with treats? Because it's all too easy to, you know, pick them up off the shelf in the supermarket or people give their pets bread like toast crusts, it drives me nuts, or their scraps off their plate like fat. There are two aspects there. You're talking about food that is not beneficial for them in any way. So, yes, stop giving them bread. Stop giving them fat. But there are some scraps on your plate that they would actually quite enjoy. And I'm not suggesting that you feed them off your plate because <laughs> that's a big mm. no. That's another conversation, isn't it? It is. But if you wanted to give your pet leftovers after you complete your meal, and if you've got some steamed broccoli and some steamed carrots and, and you know, things like that on your plate, then go for it. They're, you know, that's really, really good for them. But it is all about balance. Now, you're right, it is easy to pick up a treat off the shelf and just and when they're whining or when they're misbehaving, you just give them something to shut them up. Or you can just prep for them and have it just on hand in the fridge and provide them with the good quality stuff. And like I mentioned earlier, there are freeze-dried treats that are really beneficial for them as well. So you can get chicken hearts, uh, liver, lamb hearts, all chicken breast, sardines, salmon, all in freeze-dried form, which is actually quite good for them. But I do say stick to the 10% a day rule. So, Ada, this has been incredibly enlightening and I think probably there's some big aha moments for a lot of people listening. So I'd love for you to share, like, what are your final words for our pet lovers out there? What would you like people to remember? I'd like them to remember that our pets are not with us for a long time. They are with us for a short time. And as pet owners, we have a duty of care to look after them to ensure that they live a long, healthy, pain-free life. And if we can do that, with the help of our vets, because I'm, you know, vet examinations annually are very, very important. Anything that I'm saying here should never replace what the vet provides your pet. It's in addition to that. So providing them with superior human grade nutrition to aid their needs is really, really important. What we have done is if you if you need a bit of a hand in doing this, we have a nutrition section on our website where you can go in there and do your own reading. There are links to evidence-based studies that uh, basically support everything that we're saying. Feel free to go in there and have a read. You'll be amazed at the benefits of a single apple for your dog can have. And we've also developed a meal plan 
that specifically is designed to soothe their gut and reduce inflammation. So again, you can head onto the website and download your free copy. So at least it gives you an idea of how you can get started. So good. And as I said, I will share all the links as where people can get in contact with you. And I want to thank you for what you're doing for our fur babies, because ultimately they are our fur babies. They're in our care. They are our responsibility. And we do have that responsibility to look after them and look after them well. They have feelings. They have needs. What you're doing is definitely supporting that and also making a difference in not only their world, but also in their owner's world too, because prevention is better than cure. This could potentially save you thousands of dollars in vet bills when we look after them well. And that's exactly right, Julie. Like I've I've had discussions with pet owners saying, oh, it's just so expensive to give them, you know, human grade quality meat and vegetables. And uh, my response to that, well, vet bills are even more expensive. And, you know, if you want to just measure it purely on dollars and cents, then that's the reality of it. But I encourage everybody to to not only measure it by dollars and cents, but also measure it from a health perspective and the quality of life that you're you're allowing this pet to have. For sure. And that's the thing that we need to remember because it's very traumatic to lose a pet, especially prematurely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Ada, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you so much for what you and Tracy are doing for the wellness of our pets. And thank you so much for making a difference. Thanks, Julie. It was great to be here. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared. I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count.